should all acquaintances be forgotten and for brother why should all acquaintances be Listeners, <laughs> 2020 is in the books, and we here at Ubersinko would like to present our in memoriam for episodes that died last year and will never return. Therefore, they shall be forgot. Top five archetypes you want to interact with at a wedding? <laughs> we hardly knew ye. Top five prepared summer meets, you know what you meant to us. Top five all time Hollywood hoop starting lineup? Fuck, you were great. But listeners, we're here to remind you of an ancient proverb. If it hasn't been your day, week, or month, or even your year, I'll be there for you. Guten Tag, and bienvenidos, listeners, and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your host for today's festivities, and in the den is our old acquaintances, Mitch Brinkman and Nathan Henfant. Today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five things that ruin a vacation. So let's get those vacay vibes back, baby! Woo! Woo! Oh! Oh, yeah! 2021! Brian, Brian I, I already have a bone to pick with you. I'm sorry, but it's I'm, I that, that uh, part of me from 2020 is still here. Well, good. Good, because you're going to have to deal with it in a little bit. Our first contestant is a man I once saw save a family of four from a burning apartment fire, lowering lowering each man, woman, and child safely to the ground with his Rapunzel-like locks. It's Nathan Henninfant. Happy New Year, pal. Happy New Year. 2021. We did it. We did it. It it almost doesn't feel real, but we did It, it. We made it through 2020. And maybe it's not real. We'll have to see. And the next guest is a man who needs no introduction. And as a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my Fast Five send-off where I will rattle off the definitive list of the top five shuttered vacation resort entertainment shows that overstayed their welcome even before the pandemic. Hey, Prick. Hey, Prick. Hey. uh, I'm sorry. sorry, Who is this? Hey, douche turd. This is Mitch Brinkman, uh, the (laughs) winningest contestant on on Uber Cinco First 30 Eps. And I just want to say... Thank you for having me back again. I love coming back to Uber Cinco and dominating. And New Year, it's 2021. So I'm doing new things. So this year I'm wearing scarves that are just, they're just too, they're too big. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to like constantly kind of readjust it. Um, but it's got a great, great pattern on here. For those of you watching at home, of course, it's a mesmerizing uh, square pattern. For those of you listening on the on the uh, audio here. But um, how dare you skip over me? Um, you pronounced the word ruin, rune, uh, in your description of the episode. So I already get a bonus point for um, finding an error uh, in the show. Ruin? So thank you very much. You said rune. Top five things to ruin a vacation. 
This and is why you didn't need an introduction. We need to. Move. I'm not sure <laughs> if you were referring to the, the French region of Rune, where you know where there are many great horses and grapes and wines and cheeses. Uh, but Ruin, Ruin, R U I N, Ruin. Thank you very much. Let's keep going. I'm gonna win this one. Today. Aren't you the guy Mitch, that says Mitch, it's, it's runes. It's runes. These are these are pagan runes to put on your uh, luggage for vacation. I hope that's the list you made, or else you're gonna be very embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I see you. I see both of you. New year, new pricks. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> and a quick message for our returning listeners. We love pleasing your ear holes and are always looking for more to fill. So please consider dropping us a review wherever you download fine podcasts and be sure to share with your friends. And if you have a topic or fast five you are dying for us to cover, head on over to bizbear.biz to submit your suggestion. Today's topic is, in fact, a suggestion from longtime listener and avid pseudonym user Skeeter McFlanagan. Skeeter, we thank you for your service. And for you newbies, let us wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Staredown is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. All right, and as host, I am entitled to institute a house rule for today's game, which is, to the victor goes the spoils. So if you win today, you will have, in fact, won. Mitch, you did, in fact, win the pre-show trivia contest where you, in fact, named the top 25 dongs in adult film, longest to shortest, with ease. So you will go first. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for that uh, kind of soft introduction. I was looking for something a little harder on my name uh, to match my thunder. Um, I do want to <laughs> apologize for being a jerk earlier. Um, I love you guys. Um, you're my favorites. Um, I especially love you when you guys do something stupid and I look even cooler. So um, <laughs> here we go. Number five on my top five things to ruin a vacation. And this is one that is absolutely universal and can happen to you all over the world. And that is mud butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm glad you guys know what that is. We're, uh, we're going you know, there. We're starting yeah. off. I, it's, 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 you know, it, it's an obvious one. There's, there's, Nothing less fun than searching for a toilet away from home. Um, a, 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 I, I want to say this. There's a very recognized and accepted phobia that many people have of pooping out in public. Everyone's just seems they deem it normal for people to hold it all day to go home and poop. So trying to do this on vacation where you might not be uh, fully aware of the lay of the land, maybe you're in um, a horrible, uh, a desolate area where there are really no toilets. And the only ones that you do find look like, you know, like a family of rats was just murdered there by a family of raccoons who then trapped and dragged a deer in with mud, but itself deer diarrhea everywhere itself in the restroom. And then, you know, then they killed it with a million little nips. And now you have to, you know, prance over the top of it and figure out how to clean the seat before uh, you, you, you bring the kids for uh, for a summer break at the pool. That's one of the most uncomfortable things. And also, 
last year, I finally got, uh, not last year, excuse me, it's 2021, two years ago, 2019, I got over, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I got over to Europe for the first time, also to South America for the first time, and uh, made the mistake down in Brazil where you do not put the toilet paper in the toilet. Um, I not only uh, had a, uh, 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 oh my gosh, do I want to say this on air? I think first of all, you need to explain why does toilet paper not go in the toilet in Brazil? Because the uh, the pipes are not fit f- uh, to handle all of that volume of paper. So there's little waste baskets next to the toilets you toss it in. Um, so and then also there's there's also bidets too. But yeah, so but if okay, they do we'll just accept paper, that as normal and move on. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I had to uh, unclog or dig like dig out numerous toilets when I was on on the trip because you just forget, you know, you just forget. And then in Europe, I had a, a nice little um, bathroom buddy in Zurich once. I, I of course there you have to pay to find the toilet as well. Couldn't find any uh, public ones out when we were walking, so I had to go back to the train station, like the central part of Zurich here. Pay to get into a toilet, didn't have the right coin, so I had to go to a machine, take out money, get inside, and it's just me and one other old guy. And he, you know that old guy outfit where you're just like, that guy either spends all his days at the OTB or like searching the aisles of a grocery store for like a young ward or something. Um, And there's like 11 urinals in a semicircle, and I choose the one on the far right, and he, he chooses the one right next to it. And literally, he pretends to, to to prepare to use the restroom, never actually does it, and was just trying to peek the whole time while I'm trying to relieve myself. Uh, so that is my 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 uncomfortable bathroom adventure from Europe. Um, and I, uh, I, 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 I zipped up and I ran out of there. Uh, but if I just had an easy access to one in like a coffee shop, that wouldn't have happened. So... That's uh, I mean, that might be a holdover from from a German thing nearby because they, they use the urinal efficiently. If you go in, they line up whatever open urinal there is. You go in and go right next to each other. Whereas here in America, you need to have at least four urinal space between <laughs> yeah. each person like yeah. normal people. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe well, he was just. He just liked it. I, I remember I, in, in different places in the UK where at night, these magical urinal fairies would, they would literally come up out of the streets and they would just be like, <laughs> there'd be like a quadrant. There'd be like four urinals in like a, a, a circle and they would just be on the street, like no walls, like nothing. You could just drunk people just like, yep, we you're going to piss outside no matter what. So we're just going to make it easier for you. <laughs> Is there? Uh, do you know what time in the morning that those uh, retreat back into the sidewalk? I'm proud to say I never had one retract on me mid uh, <laughs> urination. So <laughs> that's I, good. That's great. I never pushed my limits that far. <laughs> that would be scarring. <laughs> like you're already drunk, you're already peeing in public with no shelter, and then all of a sudden the thing you're relying on the most just disappears from you. <laughs> <laughs> What if you fell into whatever little cavern that they retract into? <laughs> That'd be okay, terrifying. cool. Well, it reminded me of uh, there, there's also I went to a, a coffee shop with some friends uh, in 2013. We were just like meeting up with some old friends and they had like the public toilets in London that were like, you know, sort of down in the underground and you would have to pay like, I don't know, five or ten P to go in and 
and do your thing. But they they've couldn't those have fallen out of fashion for obvious reasons because they got the above ground ones now, I guess. Mm. But so they've converted some of these public toilets into like boutique coffee shops. And it was <laughs> it was it was not charming. <laughs> like I went because I was I was meeting my old flatmates and it was very nice to see them. And we had a nice time catching up. But we're sitting there and like there's there's a 120 year old like trough style urinal like right next to me as I'm, I'm trying to, you know, have a little crumpet and a glass of water. It was it, it was not appetizing. <laughs> Do they use the troughs as like they fill it with ice and put beverages in there or is no, it they, just... they, they, they put like flower arrangements? It's, OK, you know, okay. they they, they, try. It, they try. <laughs> it's funny you mention this because I've read about that in like a food or an architecture magazine where it was like this beautiful coffee shop with original tile from the tube in the 30s, whatever. And I was like, oh, that seems very charming. But now you say it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think I will visit that when I'm over there. So uh. I, I, I can't recommend it. I mean, God bless them for trying to repurpose something, but it yeah. was not for me. Yeah, I got a lot of mud putt stories I want to throw into here, but like we, we, we got a lot of episodes to fill for 2021. So I'm sure. going to save those and keep us sure. on a time trail here. Uh, Nathan, can you move on to your number five for us, please? All right. So one of the worst things that can happen to you on a vacation, I've actually this is my number five, but I've subdivided into five subcategories, which I'll run through very briefly. Wow. But this is running into friends unexpectedly. Mm. So. You're on your vacation. You have a plan to relax with you, your significant other, possibly your children, other close members of your family. You have a core group of people you expect to see and nobody else. You're going to be in that little vacation bubble. And then you run into Dave and Debbie from down the road or you who you knew back in college. And they just so happen to be in the exact same as you. And you go through the like, oh, it's so exciting to see you. Uh, yeah. And and so, you know, you make plans to have dinner. But then you realize you're going to be in the same place as them for the next five days. And you have to do that awkward song and dance of <laughs> how much time is appropriate to to spend with each other. And and being if, if they're from the Midwest, like like we all are, then, you know, yeah. that it's they're going to everybody's going to feel obligated that we have to invite them to do absolutely everything together. Yep. And so there's yep. there's the five subcategories of how this gets worse and worse. Say <laughs> number five, you meet them in a large city. Say you, you meet them in Rome. It's you bump into them in the eternal city. There's thousands of things to do. You can you can say that you're you know, oh, we've already planned this, 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 this and this. But hey, we can get theater tickets here. We can go to the Coliseum together. Then we'll move on and go our separate ways. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Fourth tier, the hideaway city. So maybe you're at a weekend away in some place like Door County, Wisconsin or, or Martha's Vineyard, somewhere that's more of like rustic charm. Uh, it's going to be hard to weasel out of, of trips uh, to wineries or like late night boat rides or whatever, because if you come up with an excuse, you might bump into them at an apple cider stand when you told them you were heading out of town for a spa weekend and you don't want that interaction. <laughs> it's even worse if you're number three is you're on an island. You're running out of physical places to hide as well as excuses. Then number two, the all inclusive resort you're going to run into Dave and Debbie at the breakfast bar every day. And so to escape, you're going to have to set foot out into the third world that awaits you outside the confines of the resort. And then number one, of course, the worst situation to run into people that you don't want to see on vacation is the cruise ship. You're going to be trapped. Uh, you're going to be quarantining with them 
And despite not actually wanting to spend time together, you're going to have to feel obligated to share every meal as well as every microbe, virus, and bacteria between your two families. So the one thing you don't want to do on vacation, well, the number five thing you don't want to do on vacation, in my opinion, is accidentally bumped into some old friends. Yeah. This does ruin all of your plans or any spontaneity that would have made the vacation fun. Because I don't know about you guys, I always try to rigidly time my spontaneity (laughs) Uh, to basically make sure that at least there's a couple of hours each day where there is no plan. Like just, just to be able to like, let's just go walk there. Let's go see if we can get a reservation at this restaurant or just walk up to some bar or whatever. Like, let's just go to a hiking trail, like whatever the vacation deems and whatever's cool about the area you're in just to go do that. And if you run into these people, you are not getting to do any of your rigidly timed spontaneity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the vacation's supposed to be about self-indulgence and relaxation. And now you're all of a sudden beholden to thinking about what other people, you know, oh, I have to, I have to be polite to them. And if they invite me, I can't refuse them. It's, it ruins the entire, it, it takes the whole, there's no more vacation. The vacation is over. Now here's yeah. something we can try. We can tell these people, fuck off. I'm on vacation. That is something we can do. What? If it's a, a, a relationship we're, we're not too keen on keeping once we return. So we can hope yeah. that there's like, maybe you can get away with this with the like fringe friends that you're just like, oh man, I happen to run into them, but they're very pushy. And then you're okay just being like, you know what? Bye. With, <laughs> like, yeah. with, with the way that I was raised, both uh, <laughs> as somebody from, from a, a Midwestern Irish Catholic family, that I cannot possibly do that and then not feel guilty about it for the entire rest of my entire life, much less the rest of the vacation. <laughs> so as yeah. soon as I set eyes on somebody I know, the vacation is done. I think I would be in the same boat. I'm just kind of hopefully like living vicariously through people not from the Midwest that would be able to be like... The Larry Davids out there who'd be like, no, go away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on vacation. I will see you at home. Bye. Don't call me. (laughs) I wish I would be able to do that. I've actually had an experience that combines Nathan's five and my five and one. When I was a a young boy, we went to Yellowstone and we were – we were out on the trails and I had to pee, but Yellowstone is packed during the summer. So I couldn't like step off the trail for fear of – of course, there's animals everywhere and there's people (laughs) – so we had to hike back to the bathrooms. I had to wait in line. I ended up peeing my pants a little bit. I, <laughs> I, I go to the bathroom. I come out and I've got to like tie a windbreaker in front, you know, so it's people can't see the, the – Yeah. And then it turns out one of my classmates from my like 18-kid class at St. Luke's <laughs> Elementary in St. Paul, Minnesota, Brendan Blue Kelly is standing there with his mom. And Brendan was a kid I was – um. He was very, very, very brilliant, very smart. And like when he was seven, he seemed like he was 15. He was just because his mom was also like a very uh, brilliant lawyer and treated him like an adult. And so it was like the one one person I didn't want to see. because it was kind of like I was intimidated by him. And then we standing there trying to make small chat. And my parents don't really know his mom as I'm trying to cover up my giant pee stain the whole time. And, you ain't uh, cool unless you pee your pants. <laughs> yeah, it was. And he knew. I'm pretty sure he knew. So, um, yeah, tough, he's tough written, times. He's, tough times. He probably wrote a dissertation about it on his way home. <laughs> <He really did>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Mitch, why don't you continue? Move on to your to your number four here. 
Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Um, do we so, do we not get do we not get points? No, I changed the rules for twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. You guys both get <laughs> mud butt is something I get very, very concerned about. So sure. I'm going to give you the full three points there, Mitch, because I, I, that is definitely up there. Thank you. And Nathan, I'm going to give you the full three points as well, just because I, I, I want to feel like I'm going to be cooler and be able to tell people to fuck off, but I'm going to do the exact same thing you do <laughs> and be in the same boat. So I should give you one point for how it makes me feel, how guilty I'm going to be, but three points for accuracy. Thank so you. now we will move on to number four for Thank you. Mitchell. Uh, yeah. So yeah, number four on Dr. Mudbutt's top five things to ruin <laughs> a vacation. Number four is I'm calling them substitutors. And these are, um, these are people, this is normally when I've been on vacation, like with friends or whatever, that's people who can't just order food off the menu as is, you know, um, like yeah. you are in a special city or a special area and Already, if you're traveling with friends or a group, it's more difficult. Of course, you guys, I'm sure, know to get everyone on the same page for food. But it's like going to someone else's house and then not eating their cooking. It's like you didn't have to show up here, but you chose to be here. You chose to come to mm -hmm. this location. So I say respect the process. Unless, of course, you know, obviously allergies aside, yada, 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 yada. But like when you go to like, you know, New Orleans and you're like, can I get a bowl of gumbo? But I don't really do shrimp. Can you do like chicken instead? Uh, and can you make it not spicy? And it's like, then just order something else. Don't order gumbo, motherfucker. Mm. You know, it's like when you're <laughs> going someplace with the food, you order as is, or go to some chain bullshit. But but when you're when you're in the neighborhood spots, when you're in the local delicacy areas, order as is. Respect their decisions. Respect the chef. Um, I can't stand substituters. Cannot stand it. Uh, that's my number four. It, it's short and sweet, but as is, baby. Give it to me as is. I, I, tr I, I trust I, in you. I think this is a great rule even if you're not on vacation. I Yes. This, yes. this just is a blanket. This is the way I live my life. Like If I go yeah. in, I see something on the menu, I think that's what's on the menu. I, I do not ever feel that I have a right to tell anybody to do things differently with the sole exception of if there's a life-threatening allergy. But then I will do everything I can to order not that thing. Sure. Yeah. Which that's you know, true. That's, yeah. Or, or of, of course, if you're doing extras, extra hot peppers or some extra mayo, I get that. You know, if, if your appetites uh, cannot yeah, be I bound think, I think by asking, the menu. But I, I think asking for a side of something is, is completely different from this. But if you're like completely changing the dish, like you're, they're probably making 50 gallons of gumbo at a time. Sure. That's sure. going to have all the shrimp in it. It's going to have all the seasoning in it. They're not going to make a special batch just for you. Yeah. You might be able to get away with like a hold the mushrooms out of a sauce or something if it's something that's being prepared completely fresh, mm -hmm. but like completely changing what an entire dish is. You are not going to get that. Yeah. Or you shouldn't be able to get that because yeah. guess what? The customer is never right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that should be the philosophy we do live by. You are never right. Especially yeah. there's times where you can think about like a client's pitching something to you and they're like, we have $20 and we want to do a Nike commercial. And you're like, you are wrong. I am right. <laughs> Go home. This is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and, and, and there's nothing more difficult than having a group of like five or six people. You go to like the food area or the restaurant area and then no one can decide and no one will like speak up and just be like, I vote this, I vote that, or like share an opinion. And you're just like 
you guys, we're just going to go for it. And then you can't complain. If you don't say anything, you can't complain later. Uh, so yeah, as this, is, this that's fe- my, this feeds into one of my biggest pet peeves. This isn't about substituting. It's about changing your order last minute. So it's mm-hmm. like, you've gone through the process, you've ordered something and you're like, scratch that. I want this instead. Yeah. But nothing frustrates me more when I'm the driver in a car full of people who are ordering through the drive-thru oh. and you pull up oh. and you not only have to, they don't know what they want, even though it's <laughs> yeah. a McDonald's and it hasn't changed. The menu hasn't changed in 30 years. And they, and they, they, don't and, know and they, they ask want. you like, Brian, are the, are the McNuggets on sale right now? And you're like, I don't work at McDonald's. I don't know. You <laughs> Look at the sign. <laughs> also, there's two signs. There's the pre-sign that shows you things before you get up to the window so you can make your decision. Or two, there's people that want to then converse their order to you that then you have to repeat. And I'm like, (laughs) it's right there. Just yell it louder. Like, I do do not have to be a conduit for your nugget order. I will roll down all the windows. When I am done speaking, you speak. Order. Person in the back. Order. You order. And then we will move on with our lives. But I've been in situations where that has happened and then an order has been completed and then the person in the back has then decided, no, 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 I don't want that anymore. And I'm like, it's over. The transaction is over. You will get what you get or I will kick you out of this vehicle. Let's move on. I I also can't handle the the send it back people because if if I'm with like one of my philosophies in, in a lot of areas of life is life is a lottery. Be lucky. You go to a restaurant, you order something, it sucks. Well, that's how your day went. Today sucked. Sorry. Yeah. Then if somebody I'm with sends food back, I am immediately terrified for they they the people in the kitchen know which table this is going to. So I am just as much at risk for having whatever bodily fluid they want to put on my hamburger. I am now I'm now fair game. So I don't yep. send things back. I don't substitute. Mitch, I'm 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 with you all the way on this. Uh, Th- this uh, also- is where this is where my, go ahead. Well, I was going to say this, if, if you go to some place like um, you guys know me, I love to eat. I, I love I love finding the best food in whatever city I'm in. If you go to a place that has a bunch of different specialties and you want to try multiple things, this is one of my favorite ordering tricks. And it's fun for the, the waiter and waitress, I, I believe. This is what normally <laughs> normally they smile. Normally they're like, OK, they have a that's knowing because smile. They're de- that's because they're dead inside. But continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a knowing smile, and of course, tip them extra. Uh, but but you but you 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 give them two things. You say, "I would like the shrimp po' boy, or the the crawfish gumbo. You choose. Make it a surprise, please." And they go, "Oh, all right, yeah, yeah." And then and then they might say something like, "Are you cool with spice or any allergies?" And you're like, "As is, whatever. Bring you know, I'm happy to eat." That is because then you get a little surprise and then also they have a little more ownership over the process as well. So, And then when Mitch doesn't get what he wants, he sends it back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nathan, your number four, please. Yeah, my number four most devastating ruination of a vacation is forgetting that one item of vacation garb that you had bought specifically for the trip. You don't realize it until you're at the hotel, maybe the second or third hotel, because you've had to stay overnight somewhere driving, but you finally get to your final destination and you unpack everything and you look through all your suitcases, all your luggage multiple times, you know, it's not there. For instance, perhaps I had wanted to buy 
these Rolling Stones swimming trunks, which I'm holding up now for viewers on YouTube, <laughs> which features a picture of Mick and Keith uh, sharing a microphone right about at crotch level. And then mm. a nice portrait of uh, all the gentlemen uh, in their senior years. Uh, see, I bought these for uh, to go to the Rolling Stones concert that was canceled due to the pandemic. But I haven't you bought it, bought something for a trip before and then you go through that heartbreak. You, you just like, oh, man, this this little this little safari hat. This is just really going to do or these pair of sunglasses. And then you get there yep. and then it's gone. And then you look in gift shops or whatever to, to get something that's going to fill the void. But it's never the same because you ordered this off of Pinterest or Etsy or Redbubble. <laughs> it was from a custom made, a custom artist that, that had to put a lot of uh an independent artist that put a lot of craft and care into making this for you. You had to pay like double the price of the actual item in shipping to get it to you. And you forgot it at home. The whole trip <laughs> is going to have a stain on it. You're going to look at pictures 10 years later. You're going to look at pictures from this trip and you're going to think, God, I would have looked so much better if I would just would have had that safari hat or these <laughs> wonderful Rolling Stone swimming trunks. So that's, that's by number four. <laughs> I, I don't think for me, it's a custom piece of artwork uh, thing. It's usually like, oh man, I forgot my good underwear at home. <laughs> that's, that's usually what it's for me. It's like, oh, it's like you, everyone has like your, your fancy pair. You know, these are the pair, you know, no matter what situation you're going to be in, they're going to be comfortable. Yeah. And then you have the other pairs. Those are the pair you wear while you're in between loads or you haven't gotten up on laundry, whatever. No, laundry loads, folks. Laundry loads. Loads of laundry. God damn, get your minds out of the gutter. There's, there's, there's so many jokes I want to make, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, you're in between laundry loads, and uh, you got the shit pair that you don't want to wear. They don't stretch right. They ride funny. And then, of course, you get on vacation, and that's all you have are those pairs now for four days abroad. And uh, it's the worst. But uh, so I yeah. guess I feel your pain because <laughs> I have a lot of load issues. <laughs> I mean, the, the the worst parts of vacation, it's always in between loads. Um, those are the worst parts. <laughs> but I, I totally agree with you here because I think that it, it didn't make it on my list because I didn't think it fit as well. But one of my favorite things about vacation is having that one item. Either it's a great pair of shoes that is like super comfortable or like a really nice jacket or a nice shirt where you just always know this is going to look good. Because you're on vacation, you know, you're, you're not seeing the same people every day. So you could wear the same thing every day if you wanted to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, putting your best foot forward uh, when you're out there exploring the world. So I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with this. My number one travel tip for when you're going on a vacation, you're going to be doing a lot of walking in a, in a city, uh, anywhere in the world this works. A glide stick. You pop that in between your, your thighs. Your thighs rub together um, and, and keeps that chafing down. That's a that's a pro travel tip um, from, uh, from from Doctor Mud D Butt that you're welcome. To <laughs> These are my long bike shorts that I can't go on a very long walking vacation without. So those are the mm. ones that are like the built-in glide stick. Sure, sure, sure. The ones that you know when you put them on, you can only wear them once because they're going to reek after that day. <laughs> because but the, you got to save them for the day that you know is going to be the most chafe prone heavy yeah so but sometimes you, you spend them too early and then sure. you got to decide do i put on the smelly pair to protect the chafing 
or do I try and find a place that's got a glide stick? So, yeah. I mean, or you, you, you could also hand wash. You could hand wash in the sink at your hotel. I'm sorry. What is that? What is that? I this, only is, this isn't the 1600s, Mitch. <laughs> this is, we're on vacation here. Not in- I'm sorry. I don't have a washboard in a river nearby. Oh, okay. all right. Fine. Fine. I, I, I will drop you one more pro travel tip straight from uh, uh, Carl C. Mudbutt the third. Um, and that is. Throw those stinky things right in a, right in a uh, microwave. Minute and a half, all the germs are gone. They are back to being clean again. So you're welcome. You you microwave your underwear? You could. You absolutely could. Yes, <laughs> you I, could. <laughs> that's the point. Is you could. That is. That's just a moment. I can imagine like the 90 seconds of me standing there microwaving. Around it. That's too much time for me to sit there and think, God, this is really what my life has come to. I'm actually microwaving my underwear. Well, if you have a beautiful pair of underwear that prevents chafing and you need it to survive, then that is that's a pro travel tip. You know, it's something you could do. So. All right. You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We'll yeah. make sure to put these all on our blog so people mm-hmm. can uh, have these travel tips for them mm-hmm. on a moment's whim. Yep. Uh, Nathan, I am going to give you uh, two points for this round because I feel like uh, underwear is more important than a, than a commercial tea. Mitch, I will give you three points because you know how much substitutors upset me. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on to our number threes, let's stick with Nathan this time for number three. Uh, yeah, this is pretty simple, straightforward one. It's if you or any member of your traveling party gets sick. Mm, yep. It's uh, I, I remember getting very sick. I was probably 13 on a vacation with my family and I was in bed for about two or three days. And so they had to cancel a bunch of plans. I know they weren't having fun with it either. Yeah. I mean, I certainly wasn't having fun. This was, I do remember that this was the first time I saw the Tom Green show on MTV and I was, <laughs> I was 12 or 13. So I thought this was just comedy genius. Uh, <laughs> so, so that fit. Uh, but did you watch the, 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 the Tom Green show between loads or, or was this just like you had it on 24 <laughs> it was, hours a day kind of thing? It, it, it was, uh, it was on like in four hour blocks. I would okay, say. Cool. Cool. So I, there was, you know, Probably two or three trips to the bathroom for every sure. full episode of Tom Green. And that was just that was just reacting to the disgusting stunts. That wasn't due to any yep. illness. Yeah. I so I, I, I can't think of any other instances where I, I got sick on vacation, but I know I ruined it. Well, you know, the illness ruined it for just not myself, but for the family. But I also I have two other instances where I got sick at an untimely uh, moment, which was my 28th birthday. I had a bunch of people like uh, my cousin and his wife and my sister and brother-in-law. They all came into the city and I had a bunch of people ready. We were going to go to uh, one of the arcade bars here in Chicago. Started the day off with breakfast. I'm sitting at breakfast at a diner around the corner from my apartment. And all of a sudden I realized something is not right. Sure enough, I had the stomach flu. So I spent the next 24 hours in my apartment throwing up. Well, everybody else went to my birthday party. So that was a shitty birthday. <laughs> and then and then th- this we're coming off of the holiday Great season point. of 2020 pandemic style. It was very awkward for I had to be isolated from my family. And as you know, we all had very unconventional looking holiday seasons this year. But I kept reminding myself December 20th, 2006, my girlfriend broke up with me. And then Christmas morning, I woke up again with the stomach flu and spent 
that whole Christmas throwing up. And I kept thinking about that very fondly this year to remind myself that 2020 was not the worst Christmas ever <laughs> because that was. So it wasn't vacation, but you know, it was a holiday. That, so I've had some instances where the, the unexpected illness comes along. Something you've been looking forward to for a long time is just at the last minute taken away from you. And you don't just have the mental anguish of thinking, ah, oh, what could have been? You also have the physical anguish of the illness. So worst timing in the world is to be sick on vacation. So, so you're the one that ruins these trips for everyone. <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was one trip. T- to be fair, I think everybody had a great time at my birthday party, except for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I did. From, from yeah, what I hear, I yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you were there. Were you mentioned? <laughs> oh, yeah, I for sure was. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, Nathan, like- and Nathan, that's why you don't send food back at the diner. I mean, you're you're just stepping in it right now. So. <laughs> I, I remember I only I think I had I had eaten some cantaloupe. That was all that was all the farther I'd gotten into that adventure before <laughs> things went downhill. Oh, well, well, that's just one sucks. step above honeydew. So, yeah, cantaloupe oh, I'm, blows. Not, I'm not touching honeydew with a 40 foot pole. Fuck that. That's shit. what I'm saying. It's one step above. <laughs> I mean, wow. Give me some pineapple at least out of a can where the botulism has been squashed. That's what I need. <laughs> uh, Mitch, uh, your number three, please. Oh, yeah. So number three on um, Rufus T. Mudbutt, the director of Flatulent of Arts at BMU. Um <laughs> is overpriced drinks. If you uh, are on a vacation, if you're spending seven to eight dollars on a crispy boy, you know, your Miller lights, your Bud Lights, your your Coors, whatever, you're in the wrong place. And if your drink tab <laughs> is, is is exorbitant on like an inverse cost to quality per unit basis, you're doing something very wrong. So either you're spending too much time in, in casinos while not gambling, because you're gambling, you're getting your drinks free, or you're at Disney World and it is now the time to leave. And if you're not at either of those two places, well then you're at uh, some shitty corporate chain bar, most likely located in the heart of a tourist trap section of whatever locale you're at. And again, get out. And the best way to find the nearest escape hatch, of course, is you talk to the industry folks, you talk to the service people, you talk to folks around, find out where the good spots are nearby, find out where the real people drink after work. Find out uh, where the where true the alcoholics. Is. The true <laughs> alcoholics. I mean, if, if if this is part of your vacation, you know, and it, and it may not be, um, then then this is this is this is a uh, a must, an absolute must. And of course, doing research beforehand always helps. Uh, trying to get a lay of the land a little bit before, so you're not just going um, to uh, oh god, what, what's a what was like like a Fleming Steakhouse or a or a uh, I don't know Maggiano's or whatever something that that it, that you can find anywhere. Um, and then also when, when you talk to the locals, when you figure out where the locals drink or the locals eat, you might make a goddamn friend out of it, and it's even better. And then. It's not someone you feel obligated to see because you know them from back at home. You want to hang out with them because they're a cool new person. You can find out some stuff about them. And who knows, that that, that little snake trail might lead to a grand adventure later on that night. So um, that is my number three, overpriced drinks. Uh, don't do it. And I, I will say there's one. I know, Brian, because I, I, know, I know you're going to have some casino comments here. Probably Nathan, too. But the only overpriced drink I will do in a casino is a full yard of margarita or when I'm on Fremont Street in Vegas, which I've only been twice, 
is a plastic football full of uh, whiskey ginger, and that's it. But if otherwise, if you're overspending on your drinks, go to someplace else. So, I think that's fine. I mean, if you're looking for a drink that's supposed to last you a long time while you're out walking, I think that's that's fair game to go buy a, a giant beer or a yard of marg. I think that's totally fair. You're, you should be able to splurge on a couple of drinks on wherever you are. But it's when they get out of control that it's the problem. I remember I ran into this locally here where we had a graduation party at a Buca de Beppo oh. and we ordered a glass of seven daughters wine. It was, it was a sparkling kind of Moscato and it was supposed to be just whatever, a very girly kind of sugary beverage, but they made it their top Moscato. <laughs> That's what they were marketing it as. And they were charging like $9 a glass for this thing. And we found the bottle the next day at a Benny's for $11. Oof. Yeah. So yeah. they're charging $9 a glass for an $11 bottle, making crazy profits on it. And I'm like, all right, this is local. Now imagine if we were actually in a real tourist trap, what this inflation would be on, on a stupid glass of wine. So I, I, I think mean, this you're, brings you're, us you're, to a, a vacation pro tip, which I'm surprised you haven't mentioned, is just invest in a flask. <laughs> there you go. Boom. But it's got to be one of those novelty flasks that holds like a gallon. <laughs> or, you know, you could do it. You could do it like a, a camelback, like that marathon runners will sometimes wear. Sure. Just to, to mainline some whiskey straight into you. I was going to say, I'm sure that that won't get caught at all walking into a casino with a camel back of whiskey. <laughs> well, not, maybe, down not necessarily for uh, for a casino, <laughs> but I also I also would heartily recommend if you're going to a casino to stay relatively sober uh, for obvious financial implications, because the, the expensive drinks aren't going to be where you lose your money. It's going to be the effect of being no. loose with your money after you've had a few drinks. Yep. Correct. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, you oh, know, uh, flasks uh, are are really where the alcoholics drink, not not, not local dive bars. Um, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> near your local flask. <laughs> uh, so, I, I I also want to mention uh, there was a gentleman I went to high school with. I shouldn't say gentleman. Uh, a um, a, a, a scruffy bad boy who got thrown out of <laughs> the St. Paul XL Energy Center where the the Minnesota Wild play hockey. Uh, it was during a high school hockey tournament. He put on a camelback and then put on – I went to military high school, class A dress military uniform over the top and had the, the hose coming out his, his coat collar and drank like a whole backpack full of whiskey and then got into a fight with like a 50-year-old and got thrown out of the XL Energy Center. So be careful. Moderation <laughs> is key. <laughs> so be careful when <laughs> – Drinking a gallon yeah. of whiskey from your secret backpack. When, when covertly <laughs> strapping alcohol to your bare skin, please Be exercise careful. caution. <laughs> you just just use good judgment if you're going to do that. Yeah, yeah. use good Come judgment. Come on. So. Uh, I think, Nathan, that brings us to your number three. No, I did my number three. No, was you did sick. your number three. Oh, yeah. Your number three was the getting sick. Um, so, Mitchell, I'm going to go ahead. And, I think only two points for overpriced drinks because that's expected when you're traveling. And Nathan, for ruining everyone's vacation, well, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm going to give you two <laughs> points. Why? Why is it expected? Because that's the way life is. No, it's unfair. No, no, that's not that. That is not a good reason. That is not a good reason. I didn't say it's a good reason. I'm saying it's the way it is. OK, no, that's bullshit. Baloney. Bullshit. Give me one point. I, I, I don't even want your two points for that 
lame cop out you just gave me. <laughs> Mitch is two <laughs> points. We'll go down to one because he asked for it. Great. Guess Moving what? on to I'll number still, two for Nathan. I will still fucking win. Sorry, excuse me for cussing, but let's go. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, so fuck you, Mitch. Nathan, number two. Uh, my number two. Now, believe it or not, I have not actually experienced this firsthand, but I have witnessed it amongst uh, a number of my close friends. And this is realizing that the trip is turning into a breakup. Oh, and this God. Is, this is often prominent in long-distance relationships where, and I've seen this, Multiple times, I won't name names, but a few different uh, people that I knew, they were in long distance relationships and then they were very excited to me and said, oh, I'm going on this trip and I'm taking so and so and it's going to be great because, you know, we've been together for uh, six months or a year and we haven't really spent that much quality time together and now we're going to go and we're going to get to have a week to ourselves and the first time I heard that, I thought that was great. And then like the other three or four examples that come to mind in my head, I remember the second, third, fourth and fifth ones that told me this. I thought, oh, boy, it's over because <laughs> it what happened the first time and then what has happened every other time is you you see this person just once in a, in a blue moon and the honeymoon phase can kind of be extended and then you go and you just have them in your face right there the entire time. And after about two days, they started to get sick of each other or one person got sick of the other one. And then by the end of the trip, it's game over, buddy. <laughs> it's all <laughs> over. And uh, that's that's the the death knell. I, I, if you're going to do the long distance relationship, and I have been in many failed long distance relationships, <laughs> the, the key is... <laughs> To spend to 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 start spending significant amounts of time together sooner rather than one big trip with all the pressure. Uh, obviously, this can happen in a non-long distance scenario. This can happen in any relationship where just the overexposure starts to bring some issues that had been down, you know, hiding below the surface are going to start to come up. Five or six days of isolation and what was supposed to be a really beautiful romantic getaway just turns out you weren't right for each other and. That's the yeah. tragic end. And so the vacation, you, you try to hang on to those those memories of uh, walking across uh, the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls or, or taking a nice cruise out in Hawaii, whatever it is. You try to hang on to the good memories, but you'll always know that was the breakup. Yeah, I think it was uh, someone asked Bill Murray once for relationship advice, and he was said, take the person you like travel around the world for months at a time, come back. If you still like each other, get married. So that is just spend a ton of time together and, and, and see what happens. So I think that is a very true sentiment. Well, that, you know, this, this may ruin a vacation, but it probably saved a couple lives too. You know, um, this is oh, true. Wow. Right. Yeah. I, I, I was party to this or I watched it happen close up. Um, traveled with someone to another state to visit and, and, uh, you know, have like a long weekend and, uh, their, their girlfriend, uh, had been trying to break up with them, but it wasn't doing a good job of it. Or, uh, I, I don't know all well, of them. They're still together. Yeah. They were, they were, she was not succeeding up until that point. <laughs> yeah. And had been, had been sleeping with, uh, another person or maybe other people. I don't know, but she oh, didn't dear. think the relationship was still going first night. 
we go, all three of us and then other, other additional friends of hers go to a bar and one of her friends tells the guy, hey, by the way, she's fucking someone else. And the breakup happens right there on the front sidewalk. And uh, it was like it was like a 10 hour drive to get there. And this guy was like, let's go right now. Let's go back to we need to leave right now. And I like had like two beers in my hand. I was like, we can't. I was like, we're drunk. I was like, we can't leave. And Mitch is like, plus you're my ride. (laughs) (laughs) And so like we couldn't leave right then and there. But then so we had to like stay the night at least one, you know, so everyone could sober up. But then it like he got over it maybe or something. I don't know because we didn't leave the next day either. We stayed the entire time and they spent a lot of time alone. And I I don't know if they're trying to like repair the relationship behind closed doors or what, but it was also the girlfriend's birthday. And he brought her back in the days when iPods were huge, brought an iPod that he preloaded with all of her favorite music uh, and gifted that to her. And I think it hung on for like another like two weeks, yeah, before before it finally coughed its its last breath. But uh, two two weeks is worth about a four hundred dollar electronic. That right? seems about a good yeah, right? ratio. Um, yeah. But man, never have I ever felt so guilty or uncomfortable all at once. Um, and you know, if, if I was a better friend at the time, I probably would have been like, "You're right, let's do it," and just like. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin the beers and just like stole a car and got us back to Chicago. <laughs> um, but that didn't happen. So, you know. Oh, man. Uh, difficult as hell, though. Uh, and it did definitely ruin the trip. It was awkward <laughs> the entire time. So That'll do it. Yep. Even I was awkward. Like, I was awkward. I feel like if, you know. And I feel like that that's a situation something. you would thri- thrive in. Right? As right? a spectator. Right? No. Yeah. So. All right. Well, take us take us on to your number two there, Mitch. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So number two on Major General Thurston F. Mudbutt's uh, top five things to ruin <laughs> a vacation. Uh, and this is deer in the headlights travelers. I'm calling them. Uh, they ask questions like what? Not everything is in English. Uh, where are we? Oh. Uh, where are the TVs? Um, I, I, I just can't sit here and post pics to Instagram. Um, and th- this is the traveler who expects other people to do everything for them in the party. Um, they, they didn't research anything before uh, coming to this location. Uh, they are merely uh, a, a hungry, sad puppy following along. Um, I, I've been on like ski trips before where it was like I've, you know, like planned all the outings, did all the cooking, and they just sat there and was like, you know, didn't say thank you, whatever, those kind of things. Ruins a vacation for other people who are there to uh, to to uh, to experience and to and to put their best effort forward. Um, and then also, of course, there's just like that that xenophobia thing too, where like you just expect people uh, in different countries to change to your uh, way of life is is just awful. Like just figure out things like does the toilet paper go in the toilet? That's an important thing to do. Um, do you is <laughs> like do you have to tip? A lot of other countries, you don't have to tip. It's included. And actually tipping is actually kind of like an insult. Um, and just like basic things like that, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other local customs uh, that you do. But, you know, like understanding that it's not going to be the same as America. I mean, really, it's, it's you know, these are mainly uh, ugly Americans, uh, I feel like, that uh, that do this. But again, it's all about, yeah. it's all about trying to understand the, the local flavor before you get there. 
trying to find maybe like a local block club uh, style blog or something. Or even if you're going overboard, if, if this is like your once in a lifetime trip, this is the one time you're going to Italy or whatever it is and you're you're blowing it out. Order like a local paper like in advance or something. Like get a real taste of the local flavor before you go. Um, don't show up blind. Don't show up uh, unresearched. Uh, don't be that deer in the headlights uh, on vacation because it's a freaking workload for other people who who, who prepped uh, to have as good a time as possible. So and and actually, yeah, I was gonna say one more thing, but that's my number one. So I'm gonna leave it. So your number two. Oh no, I, I was gonna mention something about, but but that coincides uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. with my number one. Well, so yeah, I've been a, I've been in a party to this deer in headlights before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was technically on a business trip. It was me and my boss. We were in Finland at the time, and we went to we went out to eat at a, at a local restaurant. The waitress she spoke English. She was very very nice. Um, she was helping us out pronouncing Finnish words on the menu and helping us translate. She was being very very helpful, mm-hmm. and. He decided at the end to tip. She brought the uh, envelope back and was just like, no, 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 you don't need to do this here. Also, we don't accept American currency because <laughs> he tipped her with a $20, a $20 bill. And it was a very generous tip. But she was also like, I, no, it's like, one, you don't have to. Very nice. But I also can't do anything with this. He's, and he insisted he put it back in the envelope and said, no, take it to a bank. They'll exchange it for you. Don't worry about it. Thank you so much. So, so he gave her an errand to run. He gave her an oh. errand. And it was just super uncomfortable for me because I'm just sitting there like, well, thank you for buying. But two, can we leave now? Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to go. Did this did oh, this person man. order at least as is or or did they, they do a, a couple subs? I can't even remember okay. because the end of this meal has ruined every memory of <laughs> what happened before it. It was just like he just insisted and then gave her an errand. And it was it was the weirdest thing to be a party to. <laughs> also, why if, if they tell you don't put any more money in, you're like, I want to put more of my money in. You're like, you don't need to or have to stop. Why not? I just know. Stop? It's like also, it's like asking somebody to retract a point in Uber Cinco. It makes no sense. <laughs> that was principle. That was real principle. And, and that's not giving you an extra errand. So I do have oh. a very clear memory of some American tourists. Uh, this was, I remember specifically what day this was. This was the day that Sir Alex Ferguson's, the news of his retirement as manager of Manchester United came to light because I wasn't planning on watching the United game, but then that news broke. So I went to the mm. nearest pub I was in and I got a seat and it happened to be right uh, off of uh, Leicester Square. So high tourist area. And this American family, fresh off the plane, is at the table next to me and I hear them order nachos. They order nachos in a British pub in a, what? in a touristy British pub oh. and they order nachos. And I just, I just lean over to them and I said, you guys are from America, right? And obviously I have an American accent earlier. Yeah. And I said, you ordered nachos? And like, yeah. And I was like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> they were like, really? I was like, I was like, absolutely not. Just, just don't just, just please don't. And so they didn't. And then but then the, the next American family on the other side of them did. And they were without of my, they were outside of my sphere of influence. Too much so work. I yeah, yeah. so I, they happened. And then this Amer- the American family, a looked over at American family B and saw those nachos or those 
sort of tortilla chips with some cement poured over them and they turned back and looked at me and were like oh thank you so much and and I thought god I am such a great guy <laughs> <laughs> were they just boiled tortilla chips with beans on them they were just, I, figure. <laughs> they, they were horrible. I mean I, I the only reason I knew not to order nachos was because I did of course like the first week I was in England at one point too but I learned quickly also, I try some of these also, British nachos I've been hearing about. What, Mitch, Mitch, what was the worst thing that happened to you when you flushed some toilet paper in Brazil? This has been killing me all episode. Uh, I I had to go out. To, it was it was at um, it was at my friend Robert Smith's um, uh, like pre pre wedding party at his um, wife Roberta's parents' house. And they had this this beautiful like outdoor pool patio area grilling area, and I too much toilet paper clogged the only toilet that they were like, hey, this one should be for twos and this is for ones. I had to go out to the grilling area, get a uh, grilled cheese skewer, eat the cheese off, and then go in with the skewer and dig it out and unclog the toilet secretly. Oh, and, God, no. and that's what I had to do. But if I hadn't done that. Then all those that party of forty people eating cheese would have that would have been a problem. So um, yeah, this was at their home. This was not in public. This was, this at, was their at their home. beautiful yeah. home that they had welcomed you into. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. yep. And, the, and 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 they just throw away these sacks of shit paper. Well, the, the 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 trash cans have nice like lids on it, so it tries to keep like you know the uh, the smell in. But I'm trying to remember. I think they did have separate trash cans for the poop, but I don't remember exactly. Um, so it's I, yeah. I suddenly don't really want to go to Brazil anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, it's gonna be a hard pass. I mean, I mean a hard pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sounds like that was Mitch's exact problem when he got down yeah. there. One uh, too many hard passes. <laughs> the well, and, and the restroom was like right on the patio, so it wasn't like you know tucked away anywhere. So I had to like be like, do, 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 I'm so just breaking this. Hear you struggling and sweating with this poker. And my body was too big, not like I couldn't close the little door because there was like two stalls in a bathroom with like a communal sink area in this. And there, and so yeah. I, I, it was too big to close the door and like get it. So I, I had to like do it quickly too when no one else was in there. It was, it was very nerve wracking. So, but no one else knew about that till right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> and now the millions the and millions of Uber Seco listeners will know. Yep. Oh, yep. man. So, yeah. Also, I'm just tens of people are going to be disappointed in you. I, I'm just amazed to to have it come to light that Ronaldinho's lifelong pooping routine has been so much different than my own. Who knew? <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's nothing better than mud butt to bring us to our number one. Yep. So we are rounding out the mud butt to bring us to number ones. Uh, let's go with uh, Nathan. What is your number one thing that ruins a vacation? Uh. Work guilt slash dread. Ooh, yep. So this can manifest in a few different ways. Uh, it can be if the people from work are calling you, which should be a big no-no. I remember getting so, so angry when we'd be on vacation as a kid. And this is pre-cell phone era. And the front desk, we would come back from doing whatever we were doing, wherever we were at. And the front desk would say, oh, uh, uh, George, uh, people called and my dad would have to like go to like a pay phone or the, the, 
you know, from the room phone or wherever to get in touch with people at work. Complete nonsense. People are on vacation. Let them be on vacation. But then the the other big mistake that you can do is when you plan your vacation out, you want to give yourself that buffer zone at the end, at the tail end. You want to give yourself 24 to 72 hours to get home, to unpack, (laughs) to relax at home, to then be anxious and sick about going back to work in the comfort of your own home. Because if you don't, if you put it off and you don't want to spend those last two days in the Bahamas or in Greece or wherever it is that your trip of your dreams took you to, you don't want the last 48 hours to be ruined by just thinking, all right, I'm going to get off the plane and I got to go back into work mode. I know that this dragon to slay is waiting for me. I've got this account that I need to catch up on. I'm going to be so behind. I feel guilty for having fun. I'm not going to be pleasure to be around with my uh, travel companions now because I'm stressing out. This defeats the entire purpose of the vacation. So you got to give yourself that buffer zone. And then if you're having a great time and you think that's not going to be a problem, no crisis has happened at work. You can extend the vacation by another day. You get a bonus day and it's going to be even sweeter. So that buffer zone is key. That's that's my number one pro travel tip. And my number one thing that can ruin a vacation is the work, guilt, dread, anxiety. Hmm. I've experienced hmm. this and it's it's where it's gotten to the point now where I go on vacation. I delete mail apps off of my phone. So if I have the Gmail app or whatever, if I it will. On, I will get out of my work email and then I will physically delete the full app off my phone. There's no way a notification will sneak through or anything. I will log off, delete. It is gone. Pretend I am in the mountains fighting a bear with no cell service anywhere. This is how remote I would like for you to think I am, even if I am staying home and watching Mission Impossibles. That's what I want you to think. (laughs) And I think the older I have gotten, the more important this buffer day has become because it's just like, all right, I'm more excited to take a Wednesday and a Thursday, Friday off than just a longer with having the longer weekend. Like I'll waste an extra vacation day. So I have a Thursday, Friday to make sure that I'm vacationing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I have Sunday to recoup before going back in. And I would rather take a lot of those extended weekends instead of long vacations. Cause then I can have multiple trips throughout the year. Even if they're short getaways, I think that is better for resting and coming back. The, so I, I, the last big but, vacation I took 2018, when I went to Panama, I literally just quit my fucking job before I went because I didn't want to deal with that shit anymore. So (laughs) I had no anxiety because I knew I was like, well, I come back, I'm going to be broke as hell. But at least I know I'm not going back to work as soon as I get off the plane. And it was a great (laughs) vacation. So so I would recommend that. I would recommend, first of all, if your job is giving you that much anxiety, yeah, just quit and uh, leave the country for a while. It worked out for me. What could possibly go wrong for you? (laughs) <laughs> and then also you can just fake your own death, just fake your own death. Yeah. Go on oh, vacation yeah, yeah. and then Simple. come back. Then it's be like, be like, Hey, no, I was alive. And they'll be like, Oh, but I'm like, Hey, you guys aren't excited that I'm still alive. And then they'll, they will be guilted into welcome you back with open arms. Just avoid yeah. the work anxiety on vacation. The whole reason you're taking a vacation is to get away from work. Don't take it with you mentally or otherwise. Yes. Wow. Uh, Mitch, you're number one. You got a top work anxiety. Yeah. So this this is actually my 
my number one actually is sort of like that exactly a little bit. It's, you know, it's about like living in the moment, you know, it's not about looking forward or behind. It's about being right where you are and experiencing what's around you in that moment and not, not worrying about what's to come. And so number one on Lady Charlotte Mudbutt of Hershey upon Tush, <laughs> things that can ruin your vacation. I'm calling dressage neck. Um, and that is, you know, horses are magical, wonderful creatures. We all know this, but they're forced into a sport. Although stunning to watch on television and transformative to witness in person. And this is dressage. Now in dressage, they make horses hair. It's very pretty. So, um, but then through the bit and rain work of the, of the rider, um, the horses complete a predetermined set of movements from memory all while their necks are craned down and their eyes glued to the floor. So like the horses, humans, if you're getting pretty, putting on nice clothes, doing your hair, getting that updo just so, and then going out in the world and looking down at your phone the whole time as you walk around places, this is what I'm talking about. And you should not be doing this because this ruins a vacation. Because when this happens, you have hordes of slow moving tourists that in my opinion can be truly agonizing. Uh, so much like it's it's like the fourth level of the of the dressage judging pyramid, impulsion or schwung in the native German tongue, and is deeply important as this is the thrust of your gait. So when you're looking down at your phone, you don't have that schwung, you don't have that speed, you don't ha have that 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 go get emness, you know. And you need to generate, of course, just like th the horses, generate your schwung in your hindquarters. Now. To achieve maximum schwung, you must be relaxed. You, yeah, it, it, it's imperative. You must know where you are or you must know where you're going. Again, as I mentioned earlier, research before helps. And lastly, you must have durchlassigkeit. Excuse me. Let me say yeah. it one, one more time. You must have durchlassigkeit or throughness. And this is the interconnectedness of your musculature. Ideally, it should be supple, elastic, and unblocked. This is the fifth level of the dressage pyramid. In short, for you humans, stretch. Prepare yourself for vacay. Um, don't go from being a sedentary couch potato to walking eight miles a day, climbing hills in Rome or San Francisco. Um, and please don't walk uh, Los Angeles completely. It won't work. Drive from neighborhood to neighborhood. Uh, and you'll thank you profusely when you're on, you know, your third straight seven hour walking day. And this can ruin a vacation, obviously too, dressage neck, because people are looking down. They're not looking up. They're not experiencing the nature. They're not experiencing the architecture. They're not seeing uh, the, the crazy guy on the corner. He's not asking for money. He's asking for, for, uh, for alien gobules. And, you know, and he's doing a wonderful, wonderful dissertation on the power of, of, of alien technology and how it's infected Russian leaders' brains and thus now the American president's brain or something like that. You're missing these crazy people. People, you're missing um, the obstacles that, that might be in front of you as well as you walk. If you have dressage neck, you're looking down, um, you know, you might be missing little scallywag pickpockets who are there to, to, to take your shit as well. Watch out for those. Uh, but honestly, the best part about vacation, in my opinion, is the people watching. You get to learn about other cultures by being on street level, walking around, putting your foot in front of another achieving that beautiful schwung moving forward effortlessly and experiencing right then and there the moment you are in the city you are in 
the nature you are in. That is my number one. Very well done. Thank you. Very well done. Thank you. Schwung. Schwung. I'm gonna, schwung. That, that word is is now in my vernacular. Schwung. I'm going to be saying yes. schwung way too often to the point yep. where it's going to get annoying, but I love yep. that. Thank yes. you, Mitch. <laughs> schwung. I have nothing to add to Schwung because mm-hmm. Schwung is, is, is well spoken as it was. Everyone understands the Schwung. Mm-hmm. And to round out our number ones here, I'm going to give three points to Nathan and three points to Mitchell. Yes. Thank you. For such a great uh, number one here. Thank you. And that brings us to a tie at 13. Mitch, you would have won if you didn't retract <laughs> the point. Now you have to take a win. Oh, no. So. <sighs> Can, That's wow. where we're ending that for today. Can, can I have you guys participate in a Hen and Fent vacation family ritual real fast before we go? Sure. Sure. So this was the vacation pledge that my dad would make us take before every vacation as we were getting in the car and pulling out of the driveway. So can I have you guys yeah. raise your right hands? Yep. Yes. I promise. I promise. I promise. To have fun. To have fun. To have fun. No matter what. No matter <laughs> no what. Matter what. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to work that into my life. Yeah. All right, and we can't leave today without listening to, of course, my Fast Five. Now, from Cirque du Soleil's Zumanity on the Las Vegas Strip to Wisconsin Dell's Tommy Bartlett show, the pandemic has sure taken its toll on beloved tourist attractions. So here are some other shuttered vacation resort entertainment shows that have overstayed their welcome even before the pandemic. Number five, the Museum of White Superiority in Williamstown, Kentucky. Based off of pretty much every textbook used in the American school system, the Museum of White Superiority was dedicated to those behind the whitewashing of history. Interactive exhibits such as the Great Hall of Plantation Owners and the IMAX film Jesus Calls It Corn, Not Maze were popular amongst perennial guests. But their no masks allowed policy killed all their employees and annual pass holders. Number four. Lake Monroe's preschooler tubing camp near Bloomington, Indiana. That's right. Inflatable tubes attached to motorized watercraft. But for toddlers, this southern Indiana staple is a favorite amongst locals that teach their children that life has ups and downs by literally launching their children from strapless tubes pre-dipped in butter. When kids would return to shore with broken limbs crying for their mommies and daddies, the parental units would give them another lesson in growing up Hoosier. You ain't getting no handouts. You're a Republican. Remember that. Now vote against your own self-interests and go ride again. (laughs) Number three. Slip in Monty's Magic Shack, Baraboo, Wisconsin. (laughs) Three generations of Midwesterners have had their own tales of visiting Slip in Monty's Magic Shack. It has the largest indoor theater in Sauk County where Monty would make his assistants disappear changed their dresses with a flick of his cape, and even saw them in half. The attraction is closed permanently as the pandemic affected Monty's entire workforce. The magic was gone when he had to lay off his custodial staff, allowing authorities to finally get close enough to the production, discovering his graveyard of dismembered women. 400 cold cases have been solved so far. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. The off-off Broadway production of Dr. Seuss's erotic tales. Based on the shelved manuscripts of Theodore Geisel's secret writings, the full Muppet production of Erotic Tales featured furry creatures with a certain wind in their sails. Massive, thick, penile appendages covered in bandages caused ticket overages and a confused public to curse them out in several languages. Number one. 
<laughs> Merv Isles Cabana Lounge, Fremont Street, Las Vegas. Merv is an old Vegas staple. He's had the longest running residency in existence, playing to audience in 64. Merv Isle might as well be in yesteryear as his singing act features interstitial vignettes of audience interaction where Merv complains to his stage companion and real-life 25-year-old wife, dinner isn't ready when he gets home from performing. The jokes turn more dire as the show goes on, especially when Merv closes the show with his encore number, the back of my hand makes my deals for me. Rated the most misogynistic show ever by Good Housekeeping, 51 years running. It's a shame that the show didn't close sooner. And that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. That was dark. From the quaint, <laughs> from the quaint Sopico district of Chicago's north side has been... Mitch Brinkman. And from the throes of Old Irving Park has been... Nathan Hennenfen. And I have been Brian Ernst. And as Biz Bear always says, make sure you write Biz Bear advice before ending the show. Alvita Zane <laughs> and adios. <laughs> You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.